Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jay Donovan. Jeff Fisher. Aaron Cook. And I'm Todd Novak. Welcome, everyone. What's up? Um, What? What's up? Hi. Hi. I'm saying what's up to everyone out there. Oh, to everyone out there. You too, Todd. Not you. Yeah. Not me. (laughs) Hey. Hey, what? We're so glad to be back together. We've we've uh, we've been missing each other a little bit. Um, schedules have been a little nuts, but we're still keeping up with the episodes. Um, we have, I think, a, a a very solid episode that said it hasn't been done yet. So hopefully, it, <laughs> it holds up to that. <laughs> um, and so I brought in uh, something special, which we'll share in a little bit. But let's get started with. What's new with you guys in your music worlds today, this week, now, as of this episode? Jay. Moi. Yeah. All right. So what's new is actually something I've had for a long time, and I totally forgot about it. I have a 1966 Univox 305R guitar amp. Sweet. It's a uh, Japanese... Guitar, uh, Japanese guitar amp, right? It's tube and it's kind of weird, right? What, what's it called again? Uh, uh, 305R. It's a, a uh, Univox. 305R. Univox. And um, it's uh, the, the weird thing about it is it has a 15 inch speaker. It's a guitar amp. It's a 15 inch speaker, but it's, it's, uh, it's got uh, two channels and it's got reverb. I think that's why they call it the R. And uh, it's the one I have is in disrepair, right? It, it came with this Rhodes I used to have. It was this, the, the uh, amp for the Rhodes. If I hear about that Rhodes. Rhodes one more <laughs> time. But it's, it's gone, and we'll come back to that. I'll tell you another story right. about the Rhodes. But anyway, I played a guitar through it. I played that old Alley Cat through it, and it just sounded like... It's really weird in the best way, right? So how do you forget that you have mm-hmm. this? Yeah. Because it doesn't work very well, okay. and I put it in the garage and, like... I don't know. I never, when I sold all the, the the other gear, I didn't sell that thing. So it's like the crappiest. Cause you like, didn't, you didn't even know it was there. Well, no, I mean, I, I remember that it, the other stuff I sold were things that I could get again. This thing's kind of, kind of unique mm-hmm. and it has a really banged up when, when you crank it, I think it's only like 12 Watts. I, I don't actually know. I think it's only 12 Watts and it has a uh, 15 inch speaker. So it's really hard to, to, to bang it up, but when you crank it all the way, it has this really kind of gnarly, uh, crunchy kind of, it's not like other amps I've heard. So I, uh, I thought I'd, it's something old, something new. <laughs> Here, wait, wait, what's the, hmm. it's very topical, Jay. Yeah. So that's what's new. I'm kind of looking at this thing. I want to get it repaired. It's it's uh it's not grounded, right? The plug's still not not have grounded. You, have you like opened it up and dug into it? Yeah, it's got a Jensen speaker in it, like some special. Uh, it's it's a 15-inch speaker in a guitar amp, which I I don't know. It seems like they're normally 12. So I hear well, actually lots of good things about a 15-inch in a guitar amp. Well, tell me tell me what you. I hear lots of good things. <laughs> I mean, look, it, it's all, it, it all comes down to preference, but I've, for some reason, that feels like it's something I've been hearing more of. Um, I mean, historically, there people have opted to play guitars out of bass amps, uh, 
um, for, for specific sounds. Um, I don't know exactly why we should maybe look, we should, we should do an episode, uh, on, on uh, speaker setup. That'd be a good one. We'll do that soon. That's in the, that's in the bin now. Mm. Um, but I'm not exactly sure why, um, if, if we can dig that up while we're talking, that would be kind of fun to find out, you know, if there's any, what the preferences are on that. Um, but I know it's relatively mm. common, I guess. Not to, not super sure. And so the speaker is is not torn up or anything. No, no, it's it's still still good. It's just dusty. It's a, it it uh, everything's loose, and you know it's got a lot of. It, it needs rewired. I think it needs some. It kind of comes and goes. It'll cut in and out every once in a while. And it's, like not it's all tube driven. It's all tube. Yeah. Um, Maybe it could just be tubes. a bad tube. Well, it's potentially it could be something different things. I guess they're kind of. I don't know a whole lot about tubes either, to be honest. Especially like guitar tubes. What I looked up, and, and I haven't looked at the the ones on the side, on the inside, but a six CA four. You know, and and I guess that some of these are kind of hard to get the twelve AXA AX seven A. Um, if it is that old, I mean, you're probably dealing with some caps that are drying out as well. That could be why it's coming and going. So yeah, if you hit that thing hard, it could just pop the drying out of caps is a big problem for the old gear like that. So yeah, it changes a lot of, a lot of stuff inside when that happens. It's very insightful. Yeah. So it's 50 years old, I guess. Right. Yeah. 66. So, um, I, that's all, but I think didn't Stevie Ray Vaughan, uh, play a uh, have at least one or two amps that have a 15 inch speaker it's funny you 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 say that because all the people that i did a little bit of research on the web kind of compared it to a blues it, it's for like has a blues sound yeah it, it doesn't overdrive you really got to really turn it all the way up to, yeah to, I to drive it it'd be it's like kind of a cleaner super super clean it is and probably a lot um warmer um as opposed to like a 410 or something like that, where it's going to be like pretty, pretty bright. Yeah. You, I mean, you can make it break up and some other people that I've read online that use these, uh, will put, they'll put an overdrive in, in there somewhere to, to, you know, something to push a little more before mm-hmm. if you really want it to break up. So, but interesting. Well, man, you got to get that thing. I'll bring that in. Up. I'll bring that in and, and you guys can look at it. It's cause it's not too big to carry around. Um, we can look at it. Hmm. Um, in as uh, as if we were looking up uh, fifteen inch speaker situations, Jensen was thrown around quite a bit. Um, uh, just initially taking a look, so at least you have something that makes sense, or at least is has uh, there's documentation out there about using using that as a guitar. Amp. Are you are you sure it's a it is a bass amp? No, no, it's a guitar. Amp. It is a guitar amp. It's a yeah, it's a I guitar. That part. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool, man. Well, and there, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's neat looking cause it's, it's old and, uh, it's got that just kind of flat, silver, all silver knobs and, and it looks like a fender. Yeah. But it kind of looks like a, like a fender basement almost. Um, it's got standby, you know, is it really big? How, how big is it? Uh, it's probably, okay. You're, you're 
Jay's holding his hand about <laughs> I'm saying two feet. I don't know. It's a armchair height. It's two cubits. <laughs> yes. Yeah. About two cubits. Okay. Well, that's cool, man. That's a good. That's a good find. Those are those are kind of neat. Um, if anybody has anything to add, you can go on our uh, Facebook group or Twitter and, and show us what you got. That'd be kind of cool. They have a and value. or if you have any thoughts on a 15 inch speaker for a guitar, if you like playing them, that that's a it's an interesting topic to broach. So broach it. Broach it. Do you know if there's a value placed on this guy, like a vintage value that they're no. sought after? Or anything? Everything I looked at, it's maybe like 300 bucks. Mm. That actually seems really high. <laughs> I was going to say like 200, 250. Yeah, two, like you and your 299s. Guaranteed you're going to have to do work on it. Unless it unless it already has had that done. then I That's would. what I mean. Like in good shape. Okay. Like in working condition. Working condition, yeah. Right. 299. So what you're saying is in working condition, they're worth... Two ninety nine, ninety nine. Is that what you mean, Jeff? What do you got new? Ah, uh, so what I've been playing with is pickup height and pick getting up height. Pick, pick up height and get on a guitar specifically. Uh, I was just noodling around trying to lower some of my input um, into my interface, and there was a recommendation to lower your pickup height to try to get a little bit of lower input. Um, so it's not cram you know, slamming the, the front of the interface. So I was messing with that and looked up a bunch of different articles of what is the right pickup height? What is, how do you set it? Mm -hmm. Is there any, you know, reason, rhyme or reason to it? Where were you looking? On the internet. Specifically? <laughs> anywhere? Specifically on the internet. Um, okay. Just open, just open search? There's, well, there were so many. I just went, I went through a bunch the of... The reason I'm asking is like if you... Um, if you know where your pickups, or if you're near where your pickups are from, <laughs> then then you know, like if you had Duncan's, then you can go to Duncan's Duncan, site. Yeah. If you had Lawler's, you can go to Lawler's right. site. Bare knuckles, etc. Yeah. So I did look on Seymour Duncan. I did look on Fender. Mm -hmm. I arrived at Fender because they have a, a lot of different. They make things. Articles and techniques of how to set things up. Mm -hmm. So, um, just looked at other videos of other people that say do this technique and. One of them is, is, is using a uh, paper clip and you hover it over the string. And if it connects to the string by being magnetically pulled to the string, they right. say the pickup's a little too close to the string. I think mm. I read that same article. So Interesting. So what happens when the pickup is too close to the string? And all I've been hearing is that it starts to basically pull on the string to keep it from resonating as long. So with the pickup... Huh. It, it starts to slow the resolution yeah, quicker. Kills, kill, sustain. Kill, sustain a little bit. Hmm. So I played with a bunch of different heights, huh. in the bridge and in the front, and it's amazing, actually, the the difference it does make to the sound. So as I found as it, as it gets lower, especially in the in the neck pickup, it, it definitely gets a little bit more hollow sounding, which is... I'm a little bit more bassy, a little bit more hollow, not mm -hmm. as much top bright end sound to mm -hmm. it. So you can really start to affect the tone considerably with the different height. So I thought that was now, do you pretty have, cool. Do you have screw-in poles or are they screw-ins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so even after you adjust your height, obviously you can mess around with that. So in theory, oh, you could no, drop. I do not have those. Oh. I thought you meant screw screwing in the height. 
Yes. Oh, I the sp- actual pickup. Yeah. Yeah. They're so in. like on a on a Gibson style humbucker or you're talking the pole zeros. pieces. Yeah. So the actual pole pieces. You know, um, if any of you have them out there and you have the screw, they have, they have screws. You can actually adjust those. Um, so you could drop your whole pickup to get an overall sound, but then raise specific mm-hmm. poles if you want that. If you want that hollow or uh if you want it tighter and so you can really you can play with that you can't drive them in any farther but for a really customized height situation you can drop your whole pickup and then raise specific poles um i know on my nashville deluxe uh there's a so it's a nashville deluxe telecaster there's uh standard telecaster pickups but in the middle is um a uh, Tex-Mex style um, strap pickup in the middle, which has raised poles, uh, so uh, unchangeable or they, unchangeable. Yeah, you know. Um, so they're yeah they're they're just the flush poles, but they're raised up in the in the middle strings, and um, um, I never personally really use that setting, so I don't care. I've actually you know just dropped it down a little bit, but um, it's. Uh, yeah, it's curious. You can get, you can really tweak your sound quite a bit with that. Yeah, I found that by by the time I was done, I think I went from a a very a little bit more trebly tone mm-hmm. to a more well balanced tone at the end of that, mm-hmm. which ultimately sounded better to me. So I'm gonna now move on to the the bass guitar and cool. see what it does for that because I've. I've not messed with that one yet. Well, so. that's that's kind of one of those things too. When you get them, uh, when you, if you get something off of Craigslist or, or um, eBay, and, and you know, getting somebody else's settings, you look and you're like, what's string height? Was it like, wow, you didn't? This wasn't intonated at all. Or mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, we've got a couple where the the pickups are like almost falling into the body, and, and you just have to wonder, like, what are people doing? They just leave it in their basement. Yeah, like did For it get fifteen years at a time? Fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. Was the neck twist? Um, so here, here's <laughs> something else uh, that is um, a, a relatively popular search on the, the YouTubes. Um, so if you have a like, let's I've got a I've got a Epiphone Sheraton two. Okay, the neck pickup. Um, if I wanted to decrease the the thickness, the the the, the heavy sound of that. Bridge, uh, the, the, sorry, the neck pickup. You can take the screws out, hmm. and in effect, you're making it like a pseudo single coil. Um, not a true single coil. You're just thinning the sound, right? Because it, it's not there's you're just half the magnetic draw, right. essentially. Yeah. Um, so that's something that uh, is is kind of interesting to do. And then if you take that a step further and um, you, uh, you, take out, you take out the screws and then you turn the actual pickup around, then, or sorry, if you, well, you can leave the screws in or keep them out. But anyways, if you turn the pickup around, <laughs> then keep going. You're, at, you're essentially <laughs> No, yeah, no. Take them out and then turn. <laughs> no, around. it's got to be your bowl. Yeah, you take, you, take, you take them out and then you you actually turn the, the pickup around. Then you're putting, um, you're 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 placing the most draw away from the neck, and that changes the sound mm-hmm. even more. Yeah. You're just so there's like the it, it's really weird if you really if you think about it. 
there are so many variables that you can get out of just messing around with with height and poles. Yeah, definitely. I never thought about that too because uh, on my guitar I have it wired to do a bunch of different type of like parallel and split and all these different different types of configurations that I imagine the different heights will affect those. Yeah, either good or bad, which I didn't. I didn't That'd really be really think interesting. About. You should. It'd be cool if you could do a sound test on that, like a record. Um, you know, a, a, a similar chord pattern and maybe some single notes. Just a just a, a demo from each one of those things. Kind of. Yeah, that'd be cool. I mean, it is. It is subtle. It's not. I mean, it's there. It's mm-hmm. you know not as super obvious. Probably wouldn't be change, as obvious in a live situation, but if you're recording it, I, maybe that would probably come through quite a bit. I mean, you usually then adjust stuff to compensate, you know, because now you change your your height, your sound has changed, so mm-hmm. you always compensate something else. Yeah, you know, you're messing with your amp and your yeah. tone controls, and it's a world of variables. Ugh. It's a variable world. Variables. Aaron, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? Good. Just got back from. You got uh, a fresh Hawaiian shirt. Look at that thing. Yeah, it's cripes. What, man? <laughs> Did you go to Hawaii? <laughs> no, I uh, just got back from the Big Easy, uh, which, in case you don't know what that is, that's New Orleans, everybody, um, which is awesome in its, itself just because it's like you're surrounded by music all the time. So um, that's not really what's new, but I feel like I got to share that just because mm-hmm. it's quite, quite it's an experience. Inspired. Yeah. Um, you said you saw some really cool show. I saw a few. Um, the wife and I had dinner at BB King's <laughs> restaurant. What are you, 75? Yeah. <laughs> the wife and I. Uh, you know, we had some dinner, a couple drinks, and there's a... there's a. Did you have baked Alaskan while you were there? What? <laughs> you bake an Alaskan? Yeah. That's an old. That's an what? old dessert. That's like a really old dessert. Yeah, right. like martinis and a bake Alaskan with the wife. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> um, no, uh-huh. to answer your question. Um, yeah, so the the band at BB King's, I, I it might have been the house band, but really, what what was the showstopper was the singer. She was absolutely amazing. Um, then we were walking around French Quarter and stopped by this, or walking by this bar. They had this incredible uh, uh, brass-oriented um, Dixieland band, and they were just killing it. Um, I, I was I was beside myself watching those guys because they were a whole lot of fun. Um, There's also a, a time where we went on a the wife and I went on <laughs> the river the riverboat uh, Natchez um, along the Mississippi River and had dinner, but there was. Um, uh, on that trip was uh, the Dukes of Dixieland, which is a Grammy Award winning uh, Dixieland jazz band. Oh, I know this band. You do? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like seeing those guys in person. It was like, their subtle techniques just, you know, you really have to look for them. That, but that's what the stuff that kind of makes their brilliance. I mean, it, they, they play a lot of standards and things like that, but just some of the way they would articulate certain things and, Everybody in the group was doing it. It was, it was clarinet. Really, yes. Who, like who? Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. It, so yeah, those guys are good, but how do you know those guys? My mom, well, <laughs> my mom had a long time ago, a bunch of cassettes and, oh, we, and yeah. we'd always listen to them in the car, the Dukes of Dixieland. And, and I, I remember I was like a kid and I'm like, you know, this is not 
rock and roll. This is not, <laughs> but it's somehow not. this is awesome. awesome. I'm like, yeah. these guys, their, their musicianship was profound. Yeah, so. top notch. Um, so, uh, but anyways, really for myself, um, uh, my wife, for Christmas, the wife got me a, uh, <laughs> dude, <laughs> now you just got to keep going. Like I, that. I oh, am. I'm doing this on purpose. It's still the same wife. The same one. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> for Christmas uh, this past year, she got me a, a Rode NT1A um, microphone that uh, really, it, what I've read about it was that, in fact, it is good for miking all kinds of different instruments, and the, the price point is is really affordable. So it's like I, I wanted to get a lot of bang for the buck in, in getting a new microphone. So, uh, I finally was able to use it, um, you know, five months later, uh, and started recording some vocals with it. So, um, mm. Ooh, so yeah, the, so now that the wife's vocals, no, screaming at you, put my, that away. Yeah. Come to eat dinner. Karen, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no. So I had to wait for her and the kids to leave the house for me to actually, um, to do some vocals. So, you know, it's, it's, it was fun just kind of, um, getting the payoff on how good of a microphone it is. And, um, it, it, it's for the price point, it's, it's pretty unbelievable. What model is that? Uh, Rode NT1A. Okay. Um, good stuff. Didn't I suggest that for you? Well, that was didn't one of the, I one, think I recall that I, actually, that was I? one of the ones you were suggesting, but I can't, I can't Good. give you all the credit because I, I did a lot of research on that uh, yeah. as well. Yeah, too. Yeah. When I uh, right so before I got my my Sennheiser, I was uh, I was looking at a road and um, but they didn't. It, I needed it now, and they didn't uh, have it until then, so I didn't get that. Yeah. Cool. So man. yeah, really. I mean, it just it turned into something, especially now that I I'm, I'm trying to mix that down into a song, seeing how that goes. So it's interesting. Nice. So you're share the song next. Next I don't know if I'll ever no. share no. it really to the mass. No it, it was a, it's a song I wrote in 2004. It's like a uh, pop punk ska kind of thing. And wait a minute, the, didn't you? you well, yeah, you okay. you heard the music to it, but it's like it's the lyrics and stuff like that. that yeah, I was like, I was really impressed by the music. I hadn't heard your 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 older stuff, and I I gotta say I thought I was, like that was solid, man. Thank you. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like. Lyrically, I don't know that I want to make myself vulnerable to oh, a, a situation in my life, you know, eons ago. Yeah, oh. that's a good idea. You know, it's like stupid stuff, too. It's like about meeting a girl. Keep it in the drawer, bro. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, is that the most boring lyrical content? Aren't there enough songs about meeting a girl? Oh, I thought Wait, you said beating a girl. You did say no, beating. I did not say that's beating. Why did you write a song about <laughs> meeting? M E E T. Dude, ing. Wait, man, oh man. I, I was gonna say you, you just said almost that. lost us like hundreds and <laughs> no, 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 tens of tens of listeners. <laughs> tens Jay. of twenties. No, I was gonna say meeting a girl. Yes. You say that's boring, but wait, isn't that like maybe one of the core themes of rock and roll? Love, love. Is there anything yes. cooler than meeting a new girl? I mean, that's like wow. one of the core tenets, right? Of I know, but it's like roll song. Is as song much as I want to run against the grain, you know, it, it, writing about something like that, it doesn't take a whole lot of thought. There's not a whole lot of just soul. It doesn't take a whole lot of thought to make a bad one, but it takes a great deal of thought to make a good one. Put that in your pocket. 
Hey, you know what I got new yeah, this week? Yeah, what? Everybody? New pair of pants. Ooh, no. A new I'm attitude? not wearing any. Um, <laughs> new ones. Sorry. Um, I am on the prowl for a uh, boost pedal. So I've been spending a lot of time looking at boost pedals. Um, I was trying to use uh, a Boss SD1, um, which just has, it's it's either off or it's got massive drive. Uh, and I really haven't found a, 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 a sweet way to use it, even, even after modding it. Um, it's just, it's, it's got a pedal with like juice and, uh, I didn't need as much juice. I'm, I'm looking for a really driven clean sound, um, you know, early punk. And, um, I can, I can kind of get that out of my, I can get that out of my amp, but I wanted, it, it starts to get a little thin if I'm really boosting it. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try using a boost pedal. Um, so then I can keep the the headroom on the amp open um, and use that to kind of help help drive it and not rely so because it's a Vox uh, AC15 so it's got um, it's got the the uh, the high um, the, tr- the the high boost channel and so it already has a boost. Well, it it does, but when I when I do that, it's a little on the th- it's a little thinner yeah, than i want like he to. said already why don't yeah. you pay attention you should listen to the podcast <laughs> did you know you have a you have a top boost on there already? yeah that's what i'm talking about top boost okay I, I know i said high boost but i meant top boost so and that has an eq on it so i can i can adjust the bass and treble and i just i i, I wasn't really super stoked on that per, exact sound also um, during our set, we switch into a couple that don't require that same amount of constant drive. So back off a little bit on it. I need to be able to do that without having to run over and, 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 you know, toy around with the, with the amp. So I'm like boost pedal. So I started looking up everything I could find on, uh, on that on YouTube and, um, you know, anything in the pedal space. As soon as you say, I think I want, that equals 44 hours of research, at least for <laughs> me. Um, because, you know, I, I don't, pedals are expensive, man. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's costly to just go, let me try this. No, let me try this. Um, those are both of my inner voices. And so I, uh, I think I got it narrowed down to a couple. Um, and when I the trigger then i will report on it and report on the couple that i was thinking about and that's what i got new this week um oh also something here look what i got um i'm going to walk across share the room. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk across the room get fully artists out Ooh, everybody wee. loves that sound that looks like so a uh, bass guitar what I what I'm about to unveil is a um, uh, I believe it's an eighty one. Uh, I could be wrong. I, I should double check that. Uh, PV Fury Bass. Um, so it's 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 the older ones. The good the you know I guess subjectively you could say good ones. I got it on Craigslist uh, probably about maybe two years ago, and I and I. I set it all up and I've just had it hang in and, and been playing with it. Um, and I brought it in because I got two bass players, two and a half. Um, 
And I just want to know what you guys were think, what, thought about it. Um, I have, in, in full disclosure, Jeff has used this before, um, so he's, he's had some time with it. But Put it I just hand. wanted to show you guys what I got. It was a $130, no, $125. And it's got the molded PV case, which is cool. Um, and, uh, you know, it's the old super angly... Um, uh, logo. That's what I was just looking at. Yeah, and um, and let me let me get it. And I'll show it to you guys real quick. That also came with its own unique smell too, right? <laughs> yes, mildew. Oh, okay. It's white. Yeah, it's white, white pickguard with a maple neck. I'm gonna put it right here in the middle. Um, and uh, let's see. Can we put something underneath that? So it is a, I guess you could call it an Olympic white because it is that yep. aged color. Uh, Olympic white, white pick guard. Uh, you know, it's, it's a P90. Uh, not, sorry, I'm not a P90. A P, a P base <laughs> like setup. Like that's no P90. Yeah, no, it's a P base setup. Um, the body is probably a little bit thinner. The curves are a little bit more, more pronounced. So not like a, a standard P base where it's, um, it's a little bit, th you know, thicker. Uh, it has a rather narrow um not thin but rather narrow uh neck especially up towards the nut which um, i really like yeah that fits me nice it's it's i like it too it's 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 pretty nice it's got um it's got like a a good d radius on the back it seems to be um and actually it might be yeah, yeah, D's fair. A roundy D, not quite a C, but um, maple neck, maple fretboard, um, and it's it's American made. You know, they, it's it's uh, you know for some reason we put so much value in that. Like, well, it's American made; it's got to be better. And the old PV stuff. I mean, PV amps are indestructible. They're still you know Craigslist and and, and eBay is littered with them. Um, I had that was one of my first amps actually, uh, but the instruments uh, that was something new that I really didn't know a whole lot about. Um, and I saw this. I was looking for a bass. I like getting things that are a little bit different, that have a little bit of extra character. Um, and I thought, you know what? Here's an American-made instrument with a maple neck, like I wanted. Um, it's white, like I wanted, and it's P bass, but it's not a P bass. Don't touch it. No, take. Touch it. Touch the bass. Um, <laughs> and I, I like it. I, I think that, you know, the headstock's cool. Uh, it's, got, it's got a pinstripe around the headstock. It doesn't... It, I'm get, I'll get Sweet. there. I'll get there. <clears throat> now, here's the thing. When I, you know, with anything on Craigslist, it's like, all right, meet me at the gas station, blah, blah, blah. I'm in the black, you know. The, I may the, be a serial killer. I may I'm, not. I'm in the the dark sedan, <laughs> and this guy jumps out, hands me the bass. I hand him the cash. I didn't even. I mean, I, I popped it open, looked at it real quick, and I said, "Yeah, I'll take it." And I, I got out of there. Not. I was wasn't worried about. It. I just needed to get home. And uh, when I got back, I opened it up, and I was just like, "Whoa, <laughs> dang! Was this in Eric Cook's basement?" It oh, must have been. It, 
smelled really bad. So it smelled. I, I okay. Well, I don't even want to touch the. No, no, no. Oh, hang on. I, I cleaned out. it like thoroughly. Now here's the deal. Um, they ke- they must they kept it in their basement. Or I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know. But it smelled like it smelled like piss. <laughs> Cat it, or dog piss. It smelled like beer. It smells like it smelled like cigarettes. It's, it's made like, out of piss. It's like it they used like. it for a toilet and an ashtray all at the same time. Um, and a lot of that was coming from the actual case. Uh, so I'm not. I don't know the situation. But when I when I took I took the pit guard off and everything and the electronics, dude. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably not in tune right now. It's not bad. So listen, I took I took everything off, and inside, at some point in time, there had to have been like a, a cat or a beer. <laughs> had to be a cat. That went to the like bathroom inside, like of, inside of the a cat. Yeah, no, it was it was no inside uh, inside, inside the guitar the pick guard. So like in the cavity, the cavity was like soaked with in. just stuff in it, and I was like, what the heck is going on with this thing? So what I did was I, I, I think put a I, bunch of coffee and baking soda in the actual case and put it away for like two weeks. And uh, I thought that I got rid of it, and I don't think I did. It's still kind of smelly. I'm quite sure you did not. I, know. I think actually the cat may still be inside yeah. of the bass guitar. <laughs> well, here's the funny thing. The bass itself has been hanging in the air for like two, two years. And it... The base itself didn't smell until I put it back in the case this morning to bring it down here. So if the base smells, it's a direct result of the actual case. So really, the only thing I need to do is just not put it in the case ever again. Um, I hate to get rid of the case because it is, it's the original molded case. The only thing I can think of doing is uh, tearing the cut. No, I, no. So you can't even do it. It's a molded case. You have to get rid of the case. I bet the cat slept in that case. It may have. I also thought about um, just leaving it open in like it's in the garage or the attic for like a year and see see if that works. That. You got to Febreze uh, I'll that. Febreze. Well, the baking soda and the coffee didn't work, so I don't know if Febreze is going to do. Yeah, Anyways, but Febreze neutralizes. No, Febreze. You, you could get a uh, like a a cat urine the neutralizer. Room, I could. The whole room smells like that now, man. You can wait. I wonder if you close the. It may, if I, if I close it, it may. But here, listen. So here's the deal. We think that the electronic signal is a little bit diminished. That's something that, you know, Jeff yeah, totally you, pointed uh, out. I, I would agree with that. Did you play with it? I, did just, it I didn't play with it other than saying, hey, this is, you know, this is what it is, where it's at now. So my question right now, because the playability is really good on it, actually. I do I do like it. Um, the... The thing that I am considering doing is putting in a new set of pickups and actually probably all new electronics and just doing it right. What are they? Do you know what they are? Those are just factory uh, P-Base style oh. pickups. PV, P-Base, whatever oh, okay. was in there, you know, whatever they were making at the time. So I would put in something a little bit more robust, obviously. Um, but it has good road wear on it. It's got, you know, good nicks and bumps. Yeah, I like Not that. Not over... Not overdone at all. Um, it is, uh, the neck is in great shape. It's straight as an arrow. Um, you know, it's a, it's a good play in bass. Um, 
And so I'm just debating on, you know, I want to see what you guys think. So what my goal here is, and this is going to be sort of a, a bit of a new segment that we're going to start is we're going to just do instrument sharing. Show and bit. tell. Show and tell and a share. Mm. So essentially I will be giving this bass to one of you guys and you're going to pass it amongst you. And then next episode we'll, we'll catch up on what you guys thought about it and what my next move with it is. Cool? Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, bass man. I think it's going to rub off on my shirt. It might. It's still in there. Yeah. Woo. It also might paint the inside of that, potentially, with some kills. Kills. There you go. Kills is white. Yeah. If you open it up and just paint the cavity, yeah. uh, it might. Okay, anybody color. who hasn't smelled the case, actually go smell the case. Real no. Quick. I just smelled so the case. It's worth it. <laughs> it's worth it just to experience it. Go. <sighs> go, Jay. Smell the case. Lay, lay in the it's case, It's like smell Jay. the glove, except different. Jay, lay in the case. <laughs> They're smelling the case. We'll put pictures up of the guitar. It's a cool guitar. The case just smelled good. <laughs> so awful, man. Might have been a body. Yeah, I smelled worse. So is that regular scale bass? Yeah, this, the scale looked a little bit shorter. Is nope. It, is it regular, regular. scale? 34. So, uh, you know, good. I like you know how we talked about bass necks. Yeah. Like, that one feels good in my hand. Yeah, I like the the feel. I like yeah. that width. It's got a it's got a it's got a great radius on it. Yeah. Um and I think having having it narrow up at the up the nut, I was like, at first I thought, ah, oh, is this gonna be weird? To get, but actually, I mean, it takes so little effort to to yeah. get around there because you can actually cup it like a yeah. A, a, you cup it, cup it with mm. your thumb on the top, like a, you play guitar, like cording. That's tune in Tokyo, Jay. The nut. That's different. The nut does look like a jazz based nut. Yeah. But it's a P based thickness of yeah. uh, of the neck. It's kind of it's kind of like. Do you feel like it's the same P based thickness? Uh-uh. I feel like the neck is P so is a lot wider. I don't know. It's not. It doesn't feel like a jazz base. Thick or width. Th- like the thickness of. Ah, the thickness. Thickness. How not the width of the of the fingerboard. No, no, no. The, how thick the. The thickness like, of the neck. Is like P, like a P bass, but then it's narrow, like. Yeah, I don't like a really thin neck. That actually, that it hurts my thumb if if my if I have to hold my fingers too. So like shredder guitars, like nope, can't do it. Like it's just it it hurts. Um, I feel just dirty. Yeah, (laughs) that's a dirty thing. Look on your face. But that's perfect for rock and roll, right? Yeah, smells like a like (laughs) a club. Smells like death. Cool. All right, so we're going to get to our new uh, main subject right now, and that is a topic that we've been talking about um, at lunch and elsewhere, Uh, so naturally it's a good fit for us for our episode here, and that is the difference between, uh, or perceived difference between relict and road-worn. and this is one of those things that, depending on who you're talking to and or what company is talking about it, it can mean r- radically different things. Or the same thing. Or the same thing. Exactly. Weird. But for the majority of the world, <laughs> as, a, as uh, pertaining to the world being represented as the Internet, <laughs> all right, well, we are we are saying for the sake of conversation, relicking is when you physically alter uh, a guitar to resemble something 
that is road worn and played. or antiqued. Okay. So that is it has it has playing wear or it has natural age uh wear or natural age, I guess, corrosion to it. Okay. Um so that's relicking. Road worn is legitimate. Like I just talked about that thing. That, that yeah, right the, there, okay. It has legitimate buckle rash. It has legitimate n- n- neck wear on the back. It has leggitimate oil <laughs> or wear on the fingerboard. Cat pee. Cat pee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it has real. It has pee. legitimate oxidation of of metal parts, et cetera, et cetera. Paints chipping off. Um, and so that is road worn. Now. That is not gospel, but that is, if you're searching for anything on Craigslist, if you're searching for anything on YouTube, that is the overwhelming majority of how those things are perceived. Enter Fender, who, oh. you know, this is, this is where, why we thought this was a good topic, because if you look up Road Worn for Fender, Jeff, yes, give us the def. Well, Road Worn in... In my world, I've, I've never talked about things as being road-worn. So I immediately was like, I'm not sure what you mean by road-worn. We don't care right. about your opinion. What does Fender say about it? Fender <laughs> says, <laughs> that was a cue. <laughs> ah, dang, now i got to find it again. The Fender's, minister's got it right up on screen. Yeah, yeah so read it to us. Fender introduces Roadworn no, Player Series guitars. It's manufactured. So they're saying Roadworn is actually manufactured to feel like it's been Roadworn. It's a new guitar that Which someone took. Which is actually relic. <clears throat> it's a Fugazi. It's a Fugazi. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then they also have a series uh, that is relic. Relic Series guitars. To which they say, all right, we're going to take all like you know nos parts we're going to take the, the original people that built those uh I've, specifically the the latest um the george harrison telecaster that they remade i think they only made like 70 of them or something like that um i could be wrong it's like maybe 700 but i'm pretty sure it's a pretty low number really no low number um and they brought back uh, the woman that actually hand-wound those uh, original pickups. Uh, uh, the name escapes me. Um, the Minister of Information is going to see if he can dig that up. The George Harrison Telecaster. Um, there will be a lot of information on that. So if you guys are th- trying to catch up on this out there uh, listening to the podcast and you go home and you want to check it out, um, there's, there's quite a bit of information on the actual George Harrison uh, reissue. It's a it's an amazing looking guitar. It's all rosewood and it's like a killer. But um, the so uh, Fender's version of relicking is actually making it a relic of the ages. Well, and not and not to be confused with Custom Shop, which has the time warped uh, line. Where basically you can dial in your level of how much scuff do you want, right? A lot of hand signals and <laughs> yeah, smoke pigeons. So we we just encountered the when you say scroll up, depending on how your universe works, scroll up means uh, down, or if you say scroll down, it means go up. 
Every, you know, it's it's subjective. I don't fault you for that, Jay, Minister of Information. I, I'm with you, Jay, on how we scroll. Right? <laughs> Natural scrolling versus... Yeah, yeah. Uh, inverted scrolling. What I think else? I'm an inverted scroller. Anyway, so Abigail Ibarra, uh, she was the famed winder from, from Fender. They got her back to actually wind these reissued pickups. So that in itself is essentially, you know, what they would use as term as relic. Um, so it gets confusing because if you are trying to... Is that really called relicking, though? Well, because that is under their... Uh, according to, to Fender's press releases and stuff, they are... So that one's a... It's a George Harrison tribute guitar, but it's using the same application as their relic series, which... They go back to the, all the original parts that were used, all original spec that was used. But that's like building to original spec, not right. building to. A, but that's what that was. This new reissue is, is original built, spec. Is built. Uh, um, I'm 99 certain this was built to original spec. That's Which why makes they sense. Yeah. brought all that stuff back. They may not be calling it relic on the site, but it falls in line with their terminology of relicking versus road warrant so it's that's confusing um now aside from just the confusion of you know if the rest of the world is calling it calling relicking actually applying age um w uh unnaturally and road worn being natural age the point the the point that we wanted to bring up was um what do you guys do you guys have preferences like do you like the idea of something being relic do you like the idea of of it being road worn do you want a pristine guitar and i just wanted to open that up for the forum i will say before before we do that really quick um just to back up the whole like relicking uh, definition and stuff if you look up guitar relicking on youtube there are no less than 94,000 results youtube All or google YouTube. Okay. All showing how to physically manipulate your guitar to show age. Um, one of the, uh, one of the ones I found most interesting cause he was talking about how to, how to actually, um, prematurely oxidize, oxidize the actual parts, uh, was, um, Billy Penn of, uh, 300guitars.com. He's got a really good episode, um, with 223,000 views. So people are definitely interested in this concept. It's also um, worth noting that it seems to be more, more focused around Fender or modular style guitars, like especially Telecasters, um, more so than, than uh, Gibsons or Gibson style guitars. For whatever reason, I'm not really, I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's a... If it's an aesthetic thing or, or uh, hey, if I do start to mess with this, I can seriously mess it up beyond repair because it's got a set neck and I don't want to mess with that. The neck's usually painted. So it's a it's just a thing. It's a thing I wanted to talk about. And um, so talk, what do you think? So talk. talk. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, what do you think? Can we talk about it now? Yeah, let's do it. I honestly, I think... I don't know where I stand at it, honestly. Uh, I would, here's what I would love to have. Like in, let's say, a 60s uh, 
Stratocaster that has just been beat the high hell. That's what I want. So obviously somebody's road worn. It's been road worn because somebody else did right. that. And those are really expensive. I mean, those command a high amount of dinero. Yeah. When I go relicking, I find beautiful. I mean, there's some people out there that do some beautiful stuff with it, but mm-hmm. it's, it's not for me because it's in a way it's sort of a, a front, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's not honest. Um, but at the same time, I can appreciate how they look. I just want an old guitar that has actually been beat to hell. Yeah. Um, or <laughs> looking at this, you know, George Harrison tribute, it's like at the same time, I would also love to buy a brand new instrument that is the same thing that was built, you know, eons ago. Yeah, but right. that's not relict. No, it's not relict at all. I mean, it's literally like but some, as George by, Harrison got it but himself. Some definition of that depends on who you ask. That's relict, right? Right. So according know. to Fender, that's not relict. But it, I mean, according to us, it's not relict. According to Fender, it actually is a relic because it's all, you know, it's all built to spec when it was um, originally done. I think if I recall the actual article, I think they may have done one or two little new things, but for the most part, um, it's, it's about the, it's about the same. Um, so anyways, it, it, you know, it hasn't, it, it hasn't had wear to it. It hasn't been distressed. Anyway. Right. It's, they just, they try to get back to factory spec. Right. Which is. It's more vin- that to me is vintage. Ooh, versus right. relic. Right, right. That's weird. So that's what we were talking about at lunch. Is like, why isn't that just called vintage, or vintage collector series, or yeah, something like that? Something that's that holds a little bit more understandable weight behind it. So I like relic in the sense of that they've customized or created more of a piece of art than just something that has been distressed. Like there is something unique or special that they did to the instrument to change it. That It'll, part of the relicking is a look that goes along with the rest of the instrument. Like, right. like the trusser style to me, is, you could call that relic cause it's aged, but it, yet it is an artful piece that has been created. Right. It's not just taking something and scuffing it up. It's right. It's a completely reimagined style. I mean, there's there's loads. If you just, if you Google guitar relicking guitar relicking service, um, there's like five thousand uh, posts that that come up for that, and loads of shops. Just about any you know shop worth their salt will say, yeah, I can I can relic the guitar for you. Um, there's some that are seriously specializing it and making some really beautiful things. Um, but the question comes in. Is it, you know, is it like, is it like jeans where you say, yeah, I want the jeans that are made to look old because it's kind of obvious that they do. Or are we okay with that? Well, like buying brand new jeans that have been torn to shit. Yeah. They're like brand new jeans that have holes in them and yeah. stuff. And you're like, wait, but they all have <laughs> holes in them. And that's, that's false. It isn't there. The authentic, the authenticity factor isn't there. And I think what's weird is though, using that jeans analogy is like, I don't want someone else's jeans. Right. Right. In a way. Okay. That, that's the struggle that I have. Even, even if we translate that over to guitars, it's like, in a way I don't want someone else's guitar. 
Wow. You just said uh, you wanted someone I else's know, guitar. I I know that it's <laughs> it's the struggle. It's the struggle because in a way it's like I I just want to fast forward 50 years from now when the guitars that you I want to put your own wear on yeah. it. I understand yeah. that. Makes sense. But, I, I but what about but what about the idea of getting something you're like I don't know where like what um in in one of the music events that we uh, we held last night uh, somebody was mentioning the band Agent Orange and I way back a long time ago bought um an amp from Agent Orange um and uh I you know I thought wow where's what stage has this been on what's the history who's it played next to and like th- you know that's probably a smaller <laughs> a smaller thing to think about but because it's a little less personal. It's not necessarily held all the time. So when you think about a guitar, if you find something uh, on eBay or Craigslist and it's like, you know, uh, some old dudes had this for years and years and years and you're like, and it's worn. And you're like, this has had love. This has had attention. This is amazing music may have been played out of it. By whom? Next to whom? With whom? Um, I think that's like really exciting. Um, but it also depends on the story. I mean, I'm, there's probably some stories out there. It's like, oh, I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, well, like my, the like, bass. <laughs> I don't want to know that, that story. Is the, yeah. <laughs> so I, that's, and that's why I guess I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth is, you know, it's like the yeah. stories depend. I, I mean, it. it's like. But I mean, but if you found a sweet guitar and it had really, it had aesthetically really pleasing road wear, right? Real road wear, not relict road, not relict wear. If you had that wear naturally occurring on it, are you telling me that you wouldn't buy it because you didn't like the story behind it? Maybe. I Yeah, it's me. I don't know. I, I would probably appreciate it more if I, I no. also enjoyed the story behind it. So it's like if I if if there's like this old guy who, you know, played the blues in these clubs in the 70s. I don't know. Talking out of my beehole. But uh, would you right? would you buy? I it, would I would enjoy that more than say you know it's like I had this douchebag you know just uh, he was cock of the walk who now fast forward thirty years later has this cool beat the hell guitar. What if you never hear the story? It's a leap of faith. So if you had the same guitar, brand new, versus one that someone else used, road worn, same price. You knew the story or didn't know the story. Which one would you buy? You'd buy the brand new one. No way. No? You wouldn't? You'd buy the used one, road-worn one. I'd buy the road-worn one. It, it also depends on what kind of guitar, too. But I would say, typically, I would, I would go road-worn just because I like the idea that it's been somewhere. It's It's... It's made music before. It, like I'm, I've got brand new guitars. I've got used guitars, but and there's there's something. I totally understand the idea of like making it your own, um, and I think that there's a place for that too. These 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 Jay, kinds of things just make my head explode. Would you buy a new Jay, one? What would you do? Would you buy the used so, road one? I think I'm in my mind thinking the same thing. Some of you He's so are smooth. thinking. I don't know um, if you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking. I, <laughs> I don't want to know what you're thinking. I, I don't care if it's... I, I think the guitar should just 
look like its age, whatever its age is. If it's a new guitar, that's cool. And it should be, it would look like it's a new guitar. If the guitar is 40 years old, it's okay for it to look like it's 40 years old. And I, I like, it doesn't really matter to me. So if it's a, if it's a real guitar, I don't, I don't really dig a brand new guitar made to look like an old guitar. Right. Like that's just, that's, that's, I don't really that's get where I'm going with like, yeah. I don't that really get that. That is relicking that. No, yeah. no, wait, wait. So you want I mean, the, 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 the fake, fake road war, fake yeah. road worn like Fender. I'm not into that. Relicking like the guitar that Jeff's got up on screen here. I can appreciate that. It's not really something I would be into, but that's really beautiful looking. And I can appreciate how someone might get their guitar now, cus- be customized to look a certain like old way. But that, but so, that's not for me. Yeah, what are, this is there, that's that's that a showing. that's a very small nuance that you just said because right now what we happen to be looking up on screen is something from Wild Custom Guitars. It's an Explorer that has an antiqued or oxidized um, metal, almost like uh, from like a like a, a vintage firearm. Um, down the plate, almost like a Thunderbird bass. It's customized by they put a whole new chunk of metal yeah, across right. the whole bass with whole new set right. of and different Right, and that looks like it's got age to it. And that's but part of the aesthetic. if you look at the rest, of, this is a brand new guitar. If you if you look at the rest of it, it's got nicks and scratches and you know chips and stuff off it. So that is not authentic. Right. Um, I mean, nothing about that is actually authentic to age, but you, you're still liking it. Where I would say there's a small differentiation. It's intentional. That's by intentional. The, by the person. There's something intentional instead of a factory churning out, you know, right. poop, okay. pooping them exactly. out like it's a uh, pooping my, them and out. So that's not. That's my point. Uh, that's not. That's my point. So re- uh, recently going into uh, a local uh, used instrument store called Music Go Round out here. Um, Big Ups Music Around, we like them a lot. Um, they had a series of Telecasters that had been relict, factory relict. And then after they were factory relict, they were then finished with a varnish <laughs> over it. <laughs> no. And, I, and there was something. No. It, it, it was like a... It was like a the the uh a, like a devil spawn of a guitar. It was like, what have you done? Why this is blasphemous? Like, why abomination? Would you do that? Yeah, I want to protect. Was, that's the word I was looking for. Abomination. I want to protect this fake stuff I did to. Yeah, you know? and I was like, this is absolute horse crap that somebody's <laughs> doing this. Um, and and it's and it's sad that some people are probably gonna get suckered into buying that. I think what you're what I'm with you, Jay, when you're saying like, hey, if there's a if there's a single maker, uh, and Jeff, to your point too, mm-hmm. like uh, Trussart, uh, however Trussart, Trussart, um, and and a myriad of other you know wild custom guitars by you know loads of them out there, who are artists in that in that uh, aesthetic, correct, and that is their craft. I think that that's pretty cool um, because typically they're going to do a little bit more than like scrape some paint off and and oxidize yeah, the metal. Tr- it's truly there's, customizing. Yeah, there's going to be a custom factor to that. But if you're paying extra from like Fender to have something look like it's been at a bunch of gigs. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand. Come that. on, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's not. And if you do, and if you dig that, man, that's totally your. That's that's cool for it. It's just not what I. At the end of the day, if you love a guitar, that's all that matters. It's just more of a question of why, why, why is that a a thing? And and I don't know. And if I feel like it cheapens the brand. There, so I, I think there's a general kind of consensus amongst us knobs. Mm-hmm. You knobs out there, I I would love this, especially hear from those. That yeah, like, for sure. You, no, you guys are full of crap. Counterpoint. Here, yeah. Like, can you guys out there in the ether counterpoint us, please? Yeah. I, or agree I'd be, vehemently. <laughs> That's cool, too. But, okay, so, so on that note... Um, there is a guitar that I have that I would actually really love to see how far I can push it and, and make it look, um, I guess, self-relict. Um, just from an artistic and experimentation standpoint, not to use it again and say, look at my awesome relict guitar, but more just for the sense of like, I want to be involved. I love tinkering around with, with the guitars. I love changing them. I love putting my own fingerprint on them. And that seems a way that you can take something that maybe you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. It, you know, probably don't do it to one of your nicer ones. Um, I did see a video where this guy took um, uh, a, a really beautiful archtop uh, Les Paul, um, not archtop, sorry, uh, carved top Les Paul, and uh, just destroyed the finish. And then the whole, like about halfway through, you could you could hear the uncertainty in his voice. Uh, and, you know, he was like, he was sanding the top of this. Uh, oh, it's just, like, and you're just like, what I are do you this? doing? <laughs> wow. um, what have I done? Yeah. But when you do your version, you're yeah. probably going to customize it more than just beating the crap out of it. Yeah, exactly. You're going to do something. I think there's something to be said for a modular jalopy guitar. A, you know, a Frankencaster, yeah. whatever you want to call them. Different knobs. As long as if you're doing it yourself... Cool. Yeah. Have at it. Definitely. I think that that adds a, adds a lot of fun to the playing and owning experience. But buying one that's been done for you is, I think, is like mm. the cheap way out. Anyways, th- them's my thoughts. Yeah. Um, as we said, we'd love to hear from everybody on this. Um, quick, uh, we got to do our top four, and then we got to wrap this up. Yeah, let's 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 bring this baby home. Like Sam the Butcher bringing home the meat. Yeah. Like Fred Flintstone. What? No, no. What? BC Boys reference. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, like Fred Flintstone driving around with bald feet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We yes. just, okay. You complete me, Aaron. Uh, top <laughs> top each four. Other. Read off. What's our top four, Aaron? Uh, it is favorite amp sound. Right. Favorite so this is sound. basically, okay. All boutiques, like you know, one-offs aside, if you if you had to, you know, pick a pick an amp that you could go essentially buy right now, whether that's on you know, like something like Reverb or or your favorite used store or brand new, um, based on sound alone, not value, not aesthetic, um, not cool factor, or whether it fits your actual style of music of play, what would that amp be? I'm going to get in and get out real quick with mine because it's, yeah. it, it's a no frills sort of pick, but um, I would go uh, Marshall JCM 800. Okay. Love them. Played through a couple. Never bought one, but... Um, don't, it's okay. You don't have to own it. It's 
it's hypothetical, per- man. It's yeah, I know. It's it's. What per- do you love about that sound? It's hard rock. Cool. And it, and then so it's like I always think in my mind it's a Gibson or an Epiphone played through those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, kind of harkening back to past episodes where John Frusciante, you know, used a. A, a Stratocaster and went through Marshalls. Yeah. So it's like he, he got sort of an interesting sound by pairing those two things together. Yeah. So. I made you go a little dirty. bit longer. It's, it's dirty. <laughs> it could be yeah. real dirty and I love it. Yeah. Cool. Jeff. Mess Boogie Mark V because that I figured that that's that's fitting. For yeah, Jeff. it is. Played through a, an Ibanez Jewel? No. 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 <laughs> Don't think that's the answer. But the idea of the amp that can kind of almost do any tone okay, is appealing to me. So you can dial in so many it's different. versatile. Very versatile. Unlike the JCM8. Unlike. So versatility to me right. is much funner and more useful. So... The tones that come out of the, the Mesa are I think it's ones because you're favor. going through some cor- sort of uh, identity crisis. That's possible. It's very possible. <laughs> I don't really know who I am or what I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But the the tones that other artists pull out of that thing are reminiscent of the ones I love. So yeah, like all the ones like, oh, that's awesome sound. Who is that? What is he playing through? It's, you know, nine out of tens, it's a, it's a Mesa of some kind. So... I played through one. It was actually. Is it, that a that's a Midwest pronunciation? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. What? Mesa. Mesa. Mesa boogie. Mesa boogie. <laughs> that's more southern. Europe. That was Elvis. That was Elvis' yeah. southern accent. Mesa. Mesa. I've Mesa? always said Mesa. Mesa. I've always Mesa. Said Mesa. Mesa boogie. Mesa. It's Mesa. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Dude, own it. Mesa. You just relic the name. Relic it. <laughs> Great idea. Which you can relic the Mesa Boogie cabinets. They have so many options. You can configure to your heart's content on color, skin, cane. They have the cane, wicker cane. Yeah, yeah. Grill, all kinds of. Have you guys ever customized your cabs in any way? No, but I'm about to to a new one if I if I get my whim satisfied. I did whims. it. I did it once, and it was a lot of fun. Go ahead. Yeah. What would you do to it? Uh. I, uh, I was going to say Hawaiian print. <laughs> no, I, I ripped. That's where I got this great. That would be awesome. I ripped off the original pleather <laughs> and um, I uh, put on like this white, white pleather. It, you mean Tolex? I don't know. Yeah. Okay, sure. And then I also changed like the grill color. I just, I actually took off the original and found some other fabric I wanted to put on it instead and then I uh, stained that fabric with some writ dye and jeez kind of made my own uh, concoction there it was fun what does RuPaul think of this Uh, he she would have loved it (laughs) Um, Jay what do you got Ampeg SVT2 Ampeg SVT2 yeah that sounds very serious mostly because because that's the amp the guy from Boris uses <laughs> what Takeshi from Boris. You know, that I love that band, the Japanese like slowcore band, and he, the tone. I've never I've never actually played through this bass, but their tone is just like crushingly warm and low. So it's got that Ooh. 
and that's quite a description crushingly warm and low yeah i like that that's cool so that's what he uses so that's i've, I've heard in a couple records nice sounds good um i would choose um the music man um 112 rd i like i i think just because two of my favorite guitar heroes slash sounds uh played them um uh just drummer and joan jett um there it's 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 a oh you like them do you yeah just a little bit i, ne- um, I would have never guessed and <laughs> um i mean obviously you know Fen- leo fender brought a music man after he sold fender and everything but uh the um there's a I, I don't know there's just a pure rock sound out of that and and uh it, i guess the key word there is pure it doesn't it doesn't make me think oh man there's a there's a marshall oh there's a vox there's a, a something it, it doesn't it seems to sound like the artist which i really dig um it just it that says rock and roll to me um and i actually looked for one recently before about a vox ac15 and almost pulled the trigger on one, but every everyone that I uh, r- was looking into said it needed work, and I was like, I'm just not really willing to spend you know that much money on a on an older amp and then have to spend it to make it work right, hoping that it doesn't break again. Um, ironically, that's the reason that Strummer switched from his uh, twin, who's playing Fender twin. Um, to a music man um, because uh, he was basically just tired of having to repair them or fix them or they weren't working. Um, And uh, yeah, so there. I think that'd be really cool to have. Love to play one. Um, Own one, play one, slash one. Anyways, all right. (laughs) Woo-wee! Holy moly. You all right there? It's a good episode. I like that. Yeah. Lots of good discussion. Yeah. Lots of good follow-up, too. Um, we will post pictures of this awesome PV base. I think it is awesome, by the way. Um, and if you have PV love out there, share it with us. Love to hear it. Um, not the newer stuff. The newer stuff's crap. But anyways, um, that's it. Right, guys? Right. Right. We out. Right out. as might. Jeff, are you leaving? Out. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please join us on Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar knobs to share your cool guitar stuff and thoughts on our episodes. We're on Twitter.com forward slash guitar underscore knobs and also on Instagram at guitar knobs. If you'd like to buy one of our guitar knob t-shirts, come visit us at our website, guitarknobs.podbean.com.